God bless fantasy football. There are many things a man can do with his time. And this is better than those things. Week one is in the books. It's time to have some big overreactions to what happened. And my team's in shambles. I don't know what I'm going to do. This is going to be a disappointing podcast. I'm your host, 2018 champion, Andrew Galblad, joined by your commissioner, your two-time champion. The reason why this podcast has been late two weeks in a row, Andrew Seiler, do you have any words for yourself? Um, I said week one, I would be better. I clearly have not been better. Um, Talia's flight was delayed. I had to call up United. I think that's a punishment in itself was to call up customer service for an airline. So I apologize to everybody, but I think this should be the last hang up until week three. That just seems like you jinxed yourself there. That's that you should have just kind of gone with like, that's how you did last time too. You were like, it won't happen again. And then it happened. You should, I'll let you do you want to do another take or are you good to continue? I'm good to continue. Okay. Let's let it roll. You're letting it do, I mean, I hope it just doesn't affect your matchup this week is all I could say. So, you know, the drill guys, I know it's Thursday or it's Friday. Sorry. Friday. It's currently Friday at eight 30 recording this. We have the Thursday games, but we gave you our predictions, but we'll still go over them. Let's do a quick recap of last week. We'll scour the waiver wire and see what moves were made talk about our power rankings and then quickly go over again our predictions for the week that sound good to you Siler? sounds great kick us off okay how did you feel about overall before we even dive in football was back how did you feel about the first week of matchups do you think things went as planned any i think surprises? i think watching the nfl was like very boring for the first like half of football there were no touchdowns happening it got everybody a little on edge, um, but there were some upsets. I mean, that's what you got to expect. Nobody knows what's going to happen. There's been injuries already. Injury bugs have hit teams, and uh, I don't know. I'm I'm excited with uh, the way that the season See, starts. It's funny you say that because outside of the whole Ravens running back situation, I was actually surprised with how little injuries there were to prominent players in week one. I feel like week one, there's usually some – big star, big player that gets hurt and someone going, well, my season's over. Well, Maybe it's week it, two. It's like week one, week two. So we're still in that window. I probably just jinxed myself. But <laughs> There were two injuries that I think were pretty significant. One is Raheem the Dream Goatster. That's uh, true. Who, who on cue gets hurt immediately. Um, and then the second one, I think Fitzmagic getting hurt. Uh, clearly it didn't impact them a ton this first week but i just think in the long run he's just more of a gunslinger than um than heineke is or whatever. i think he played pretty well we could talk about the game after but yeah i i thought it was a good week one matchups as well i was a little how do i say like the thursday night game was so much hype and then like you're saying like the the, the one o'clock four o'clock games they were so meh yeah, unless your team was in a i mean i don't I can't even remember the games. They were just so meh. I guess there were there were some good games. The Jet the Jets Panthers game I guess was close. But like you're saying, like the, there was no exciting first half. There was no one after the. Oh, um, I'm gonna take that back. I feel like the Cardinals had a pretty dominant first half. I think DeAndre Hopkins had a huge game. But yes, outside of that, I can't really think of any other team player that was is absolutely dominant in that first half. So it'll be interesting to see how Week Two goes. Just to give everyone a heads up. 
Um, I don't know if you'll be doing this. You're welcome to join us again this week, Siler. But we are watching the games uh, while we're on Xbox. If people, you know, aren't comfortable going to bars still, want some company, want to just watch the games, uh, that will be the Xbox party. We'll be online probably around 11 o'clock. We play some Smite beforehand if you want to join. And then we jump into Xbox chat. Uh, me and my brother will are confirmed to be there next week. But if anyone else wants to join, are you confirmed, Siler? I don't know. I have some people coming over for the Viking game at three, but it, uh, so I might be setting up before them. But if not, I will do my best to make it. Yeah. So Salah's a maybe, guys. If that if that's if that entices you, you have two <laughs> two yeses and a maybe. But okay. So I, like always, I hate going over my game first. So we're gonna start from my bottom up. First game I have is my number twelve seed. Your number. Your number. My twelfth ranked team. Your number one ranked team. Mr. Lee Call against Scott Anderson. You got Derek rolled, and I feel like Scott really got. It's almost like, do you really pick that name for your team if you're Scott with the luck you have? Because like you're almost just asking to be Rick rolled every week. He's having an awesome one o'clock games. Lock it with two big touchdowns. Feeling with two big touchdowns. AJ Brown gets a touchdown. Um, obviously, uh, Henry doesn't have a great game. And then Aaron Rodgers with my favorite stat of the day was his passer rating would have been higher if he had thrown every pass to the ground than the game he actually had. Uh, just gets absolutely screwed over by Rodgers, who could have totally had what do you need, 28 points tie, 29 points. That's a very realistic score for Aaron Rodgers. But Lee pulls out the win. So I'm not trying to bet, you know, it's not just Scott, you know, Scott could have done better, but Lee pulls out the win. Big performances from pretty much everyone on his team. I mean, Russell Wilson has a huge game. Joe Mixon does well. C.D. Lamb does well. Devontae Adams has a solid. Oh, no, actually, Devontae Adams has a solid game. Really, those three guys carried him. But I say this every year. Lee, and maybe it was presumptuous of me. I think I was getting a little bit ahead of myself. You'll see that in the power rankings. Probably shouldn't have ranked him 12th because he does have a strong starting lineup. It's more so that week five and on where I worry about his team. If someone gets hurt with substitutions, how'd you feel about this matchup? Any surprises here? I mean, I had Lee as the number one ranked team. This did not shock me in any way. Obviously the Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, negative 0.68 points did not. I mean, that was a shock because it was the worst game of his entire career. Yeah. The first game on Scott's roster, the worst game of Aaron Rodgers entire career um, to Scott's, to the luck aspect of it, Scott, I believe, is going to be getting a job today. He just had his interview. So yeah. I think, Scott, this could be a momentum-building event to carry <laughs> over into fantasy football. Um, I think so, too. Bring the vibes over. Yes, but clearly week one, you you versed, you know, the chainsaw that was Lee's team, and uh, it just didn't turn out well for you. Looking at their rosters, maybe we can do this more in power rankings. So tell me if you want to do this in power rankings. Anyone on their on either roster that you're – let's do it during power rankings. Yeah. I'm going to take that back. But one thing I want to note is that Steelers defense, I mean, Lee took them super early, but they looked really good. I don't they, care how good they look. He took them way too early. They did look really good, though. Um, next, we had another Lee division matchup. The rivalry game of the week, I would say. Did Nucci main against Trey Lance, Lance Refrigeration, Nate against Noah. Nate pulls out the win, 137 to 107. Big performances. Jalen Hurts looks really good. Uh, that stat, uh, it's not a stack, but that combo of 
Tyreek Hill, Amari Cooper basically won him the game because outside of those two guys and Jalen Hurts, everyone else on his team did not do anything. Ayuk literally had zero points. Ertz had four points. On the flip side, Noah's team, and I think it's safe to say this is probably the floor for Noah's team. He had some solid performances too from Brady, DeAndre Hopkins, Godwin, but no one else. Like he needed probably one more person to come to show up. And Julio did not show up at all. Robert Tonyan did nothing. Most are getting hurt, obviously kills him. Uh, unfortunately, even if he played Eckler, he still would have lost the game, but uh, that that was a, you know, it was a smart move in hindsight if James Robinson and Mostert are both going to play and you're not sure about Eckler, but it doesn't pan out. He gets the loss and now is in last place with the two other teams in his division, 1-0. I think it was extremely shocking because after the Thursday night game where you have Noah with Tom Brady putting up 32, Godwin putting up 22, um, you know, you and Cooper have with Amari, 37. who had 37. But at first, as the games were happening, DeAndre Hopkins is going off. It's like, oh, Noah looks like he's going to take this one. And then from that point on, it just all went down. Mostert yeah. got hurt. For some reason, Urban Meyer hates James Robinson. I don't know why. I've been reading interviews afterwards. It seems like every, he's like giving a lot of praise to James Robinson. So I think, so I think something's going to change next week. I don't know, but I mean, Carlos Hyde had a role still, and even he's lucky ATN is not healthy because then James Robinson would have even less of a role. But regardless, Noah puts up an okay week with 108, and Nate, I mean, as you said, Tyreek Hill and Amari Cooper totally carried his team. Ayuk was not even targeted, I believe. Um, Yeah. He was an afterthought, so... That flex position, we'll see. I, I guess Mike Williams is a good one to put in there, but um, it'll be interesting to see how Nate deals with that. But so far, so good for Team Nate. Yeah. Next, we had Zeke the Mighty against William M. Bucker, Wyatt against Brian. Brian, your number two ranked team, number one ranked team. He was pretty high for you. Uh, he was my number two ranked team. With a, a solid performance. You know, 125 was like middle to upper of the pack of score huge game from Patrick Mahomes. Of course, it's kind of like what we talked about in our, in our preseason talk. He has got, he's got that three combo of Patrick Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey and Keenan Allen. And the three of them together put up what that's uh, 40, basically put up 80 points themselves. And the rest of the team needs to put up 40 points to, to get them to that 120 mark. So you know, that, that stack is definitely going to carry him throughout the season. And I do think on Wyatt's side um, that this is probably the lowest, this is like, this is the bottom first team. I mean, look, I mean, do you see every person on his team? I mean, I don't see Alan Robinson getting six points, Mike Evans with three, Mark Andrews with three, Clyde Edwards-Alaire with eight, Zeke with four. Like those are players that you expect to put up 15 to 20 points easily so to see all of them perform so poorly i i am i'm hesitant to react sharply to that performance i'm a little worried about a couple people on wyatt's team i think zeke given he played against a really tough run defense looks kind of slow and pollard looks better than him (laughs) given zeke was blocking like a beast like every time i looked he was given a great block but that doesn't help wyatt for fantasy purposes um and ceh is just like this is what he did all of last year he like mahomes just gets all the touchdowns ceh is used here and there yeah. and like i don't 
I'm a little worried about his running backs. Wide receivers, though, I think I agree with you. I think it was a fluke week. And once Fields gets in there, Allen Robinson is going to be so much better. Yeah. So whenever Matt Nagy wakes the fuck up and puts him in there for I don't know why he's not, then it'll be better for Wyatt. Um, and to Brian's point, I agree with everything you said. We called it. And if you just add up Brian's top four players, that basically gives him the win against Wyatt. This yeah. Although, to be fair, Josh Jacobs not playing this week, ruled out. So, so it'll be, yeah, maybe Trey Sermon, who was inactive last week, may may get the call. We'll yeah. see. Next game I have is Diggs in a Blankenship, obviously one of the top three names in the league, against Bullet Chubb, Dane versus Caniglio. I mean, this was just a bloodbath. Uh, Dane wins 168 to 86, almost a 100-point win. Dane just getting a lights-out performance from Kyler Murray. Antonio Brown looking like the Antonio Brown from my team four years ago. Darren Waller with 19 targets. Chubb with a great performance against, uh, you know, a pretty good Kansas City defense. And Jonathan Taylor looking, I mean, his, I mean, his team did just had an incredible week. Uh, on the flip side, you have Caniglio's team really underperforming in the wide receiver uh, department is the word I want to use he you know you're you're banking on guys like Diggs Ridley and Woods to each you know you though if you're drafting three wide receivers you need at least two of them to blow up for 20 points every week especially with the way the rest of his draft went because he doesn't really have anyone else that he can depend on for a huge monster performance maybe Daryl Henderson as the season goes on but uh, just a really, really poor outing. And I think showed a lot of holes in his team that he's going to have to address. Yeah, I mean, Caniglia was my 12th ranked team of week one. He has not done too much to change my opinion on this performance. Yeah. Um, but if you're him, are you panicking? Is this, a, is this a performance where you're like, Mike, I'm in panic mode? Or do you give yourself a week or two to see how everything pans out? I mean, it... I personally, if I had his team, given I ranked him 12, would be panicking. But I think it's only fair to give him at least another week or two before he – maybe he is internally panicking. I don't know. But yeah. you got to give him a couple weeks. But, um, I mean, Henderson looked good. So, I yeah, think he that he's going to be good for Caniglio. And, obviously, Diggs will be fine. But Ridley against Philly, Philly had a terrible pass deal last year. So, that's really concerning. Um and Tannehill was – I mean, he got sacked like a million times by Chandler Jones, so that's not yeah. a good sign for him too. And Dane's team just went off. Like, yeah. he's looking real good. I told you I, last week. I told you, dude. Kyler Murray. There was one of those, like, Madden plays where he, like, ran all around the field and then backed up a few yards and then made a throw. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody else in the whole league could do that. And I am I am worried with his team though about Jerry Judy being hurt and him. He literally only has two wide receivers on his team now. Yeah, I mean the wide receiver depth is worrisome, but I think he could probably make a trade because he has Tyson Williams and great running backs. That maybe that's something that he's going to explore. Yeah. Uh, second to last matchup, we had yourself against Corals. Corals putting up a. Very strong performance, 152 to 128. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll let you talk about this matchup more, but from, from my perspective, uh, you know, I think I, I, I think I was a little harsh on Coral's team. Don't get me wrong. I think we could, 
the, the, the issue with power rankings and even my power rankings right now is that there's so many teams that are so close in my opinion that it's not fair to name a team 11 let's say like I think in my mind the top like, I don't know I think teams could go like plus or minus five at this point there's been no major injuries it's just going to depend on the matchups at, at that point and look Stafford looked amazing Kamara's Kamara Montgomery looked very good on on in that game and He's got uh, some good wide receiver depth. I think more wide receiver depth, depth than we thought. The Kenny Galladay looked great last night, and Brandon Cooks, if that's gonna how he's going to perform, he's got some wide receiver depth. I don't know if I would say Kenny Galladay looked great last night. I think Daniel Jones is just not – No, I mean, he had some terrible throws then. But also, I didn't even talk about – on the flip side with your team, um, not playing Jamar Chase was obviously a uh, faux pas on your point. Yeah, wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. yeah, it wouldn't have mattered. And Saquon, are you getting a little nervous about Saquon? Not even a little bit. Really? I am so excited for him to go against the Falcons next week. I'm like 10 days of rest. He's going to be totally fine. I'm not worried one bit. Okay, so how do you feel about this matchup? Are you? How do you feel about your team after this week? I'm actually really encouraged by this because if I remember week one, you said Siler, your wide receivers are basically going to be your downfall and demise. Mm-hmm. Cooper Cup put up 24 points. Jamar Chase put up 22 points. They both had 100 yards and a touchdown. Kelsey put up two TDs. Kareem Hunt looks like everybody looks good. Saquon obviously is still making his way back. I feel great about my team. And I put up, I don't know what it was, third or fourth most points in the league. Just had an unfortunate matchup. So I feel really good going forward. That's fair. I mean, yeah, I I don't think – I agree with you. I think your team had a good week. Last but not least, you had your current reigning champion, Gambardella the Goat, against myself. More money, more problems. Or more Mooney, more problems. Excuse me. Uh, I I squeak out the win 108 to 97. Obviously not an an extraordinary week for myself. I did have some good performances by Corey Davis and Gronk, who really carried me there. On the flip side, Russell's downfall really was that second running back with only 2.4 points. Everyone else on his team had solid performances. Justin Jefferson and McCorn, I guess, could have done better. Um, You know, looking out at my team after this week and knowing about Antonio Gibson, it's a little unfortunate, you know, Aaron, my running backs were meant to be the strength of my team. And if they're not going to be the ones carrying the load of my team, then I'm probably in for a pretty sore season. I'm hopeful that Aaron Jones has a, a nice comeback this week. And I think what I saw out of, I don't know if you watched the game last night, but the scheme script was just not in Antonio Gibson's favor. I mean, first off, he got vultured for a TV by TV by McKissick. But the dude, the dude had 13 carries and was averaging six yards a carry. Like, I don't know why they weren't running the ball with him more. So he looked great. He, he's going to he's gonna blow up one game. It's just a matter of, you know, can the game scripts stay in, a, in, in, in his favor? Um, but on the other, you know, I think I, I – so I think DeAndre Swift, if that's how the Lions are going to play, they looked pretty good. And, you know, Corey Davis was a, a great pick, in my opinion, and with uh, – Cortland Sutton now with Judy Hurt. I think I have some solid wide receivers and hopefully Lamar Jackson can can throw the ball. <laughs> not fumble. Before, I don't know. I mean, honestly, honestly, he fumbled. I mean, if he fumbled the ball three times. So if you add what do you lose? Three points for a fumble, I think. 
Yeah. So add nine points to his score right there. He would have had 26 points. So that's a solid wide receiver, you know, quarterback day. Well, I don't think their line's going to get any better. But I, if anything, I think it'll help you in terms of rushing yards because he's going to be running for his life and getting like a million rushing yards. So right. that's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, Aaron Jones is going to be fine. It's just Green Bay got absolutely annihilated from the yeah. start and started benching people. I am a little concerned about your wide receivers still um, just because Corey Davis had – one good day and Sutton will have an increased target share obviously because of the injury to Jerry Judy but I'm still concerned about I, and Gronk had a great game he's not putting up two TDs every week. <laughs> I mean he looks, he's the tight end one he looks slow as fuck um but he'll be a TD dependent tight end going forward but so you still have some concerns you did eke out the win Russell, that second running back spot, you got to do something. It's going from Tevin Coleman to Cordero Patterson. Well, the best part is that he picked – he had two Houston running backs on his bench, and neither of them is even the leading running back on their team on the team. <laughs> he had David Johnson and Philip Lindsay, and, neither, and Mark Ingram was the lead running back. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I eked out the win. I'm not, am I proud of it? No. Am I happy to be where I am because I need every win I can get? Yeah. I'm on a three-game winning streak against the reigning champions, so – it is what it is, a two-time reigning champion. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I, I play my division well, and so we'll have to see what happens this week. But that was our recap. Anything else I missed, Tyler, before we go into the waiver wire? Um, it's good to see you having a little luck compared to the bad luck that you had last yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, last year was brutal. That was just absolutely brutal. Yes. Yeah, so let's um, go into the transaction. Let's look at the waivers. Uh, I'm gonna start date was when was when was waiver pickup? It would have been on the Probably, 15th. Yeah. So before Gelbuck gets into that, I, I said this statistic to some people on Xbox the other day. I was watching Field Yates and Matthew Berry talk about who the top waiver wire pickup of the week was. And they said it was gonna be uh the guy on the 49ers again, Eli Mitchell. Mitchell? No, yes, Eli McK- Mitchell. No, Elijah or Mitchell, McK- whatever. Yeah. So, you know, Matthew Barry and, and Phil Yates are talking, and Matthew Barry's like, yeah, like, if he's available in your league, and Phil Yates is like, well, he's available in 99.3% of leagues, so he'll be available. And I went to go look to put in a waiver bid for him, and, of course, Wyatt had already picked him up. So we are part of that point, you know, 7% of leagues where he was not available. So, I mean, we, we got some sharks in our league, and it, which makes it great. You know, you got you to be thinking ahead. So looking at the transactions that happened at 322 on the 15th, uh, we got Nate grabbing Tim Patrick for $8. I think that's a great grab for the that Denver offense. Who I don't know if something's going to be the guy, but he looked really good last week. I grabbed Rondell Moore, dropping uh, Chubba Hubbard. He has potential from what I, you know, from watching him and from what I've been reading to be like the – that number two guy on that Cardinals offense. So if that does happen, that's a huge value right there. Uh, any other meaningful ones? Caniglio spends $14 on Kenneth Gainwell. That was a guy I had on my bench. I ended up dropping him earlier for, um, I forget who exactly, but you know, I, he, yeah, he had a solid game that there's some potential there. He also adds Brian Edwards from the Raiders who had a good overtime performance. You got Nate grabbing, Mark Ingram for $7. Scott grabs Jameis Winston in a panic move from Rogers for a buck. <laughs> Dane grabs Deshaun Watson. No, he drops Deshaun Watson. Wow. Blah, blah, blah. 
Deshaun Watson <laughs> for Sammy Watkins. Oh my god, I have having like a seizure there. <laughs> Stroke. Um, outside of that, not. I mean, you got Tevin Coleman being dropped for Quinnell Patterson by Russell. The best is looking at the transactions as the waiver wire like trend happened at three twenty two, and seeing the the Nate and Russell transactions at three thirty three to three fifty a.m. four oh five. You have Russell again, and then you have Noah waking up, and he's like, "Oh, it's finally my turn." at 8 12 a.m at a normal time thank god we have this waiver system because i remember we used to have it where nate and russell would just be up at like three o'clock in the morning and pick people up before everybody else so nothing crazy on the waiver wires did you think i mean this is one of those rare week ones where there was no especially because Wyatt already picked up uh, elijah mitchell i think his name is Mm -hmm. there was no one that was like a must-have on the waiver wire this week in my opinion. No, and even, like, Kenneth Gainwell did, like, okay, but, like, Miles Sanders was still there. Like, I don't know. And yeah. that was the highest bit. So, I agree 100%. All right. So, with that, let's move on to our power rankings. No sponsor this week, guys. Sorry, because we're late. They uh, we, we had a sponsor. They dropped us. We'll be better next week. Power rankings. You have a lot of movement in yours? I have a lot of movement in mine. Really? I, I have some big movement too, but I, I do want to preface before I dive into the power rankings that it's week two where I don't want to be too reactive to everything we saw. You know, it's, you can't really pick up trends from one week. I did have some movement. I had some, some big shifts, but don't take offense to anything that's here. You, everything is subject to change next week. I think that there's a lot of teams. And I think I said this at the top of the show that are, pretty equal that could easily be up three spots if if I if you could convince me right I think I could be easily swayed to move certain teams up three spots so don't take this too rough but do you want to do you want to just do what we did last time I'll I'll do a name I'll say what I did go for it so at number 12 we have Stephen Michael I believe he's also your number 12 team from what you said yeah, I mean, he was my number 12 last week, and he remains my number 12 this week. Yeah, I, I'm just – I look at his team, and he was my nine last week. I, I thought he was like – his team could go either way, depending on people how people blow up. And I, I dropped him down four spots. I think he still has – I see the pieces that his team could have a, like a quick run. You know, if Ryan Tannehill starts doing well – obviously, if everyone starts doing well, he would win all those games. But Tannehill has the potential to bounce back from that. Diggs, Ridley, Woods, those are all 25 point players. It's just, I don't, it's not going to be consistent. I don't see all these players blowing up at the same time. I see it where Diggs is going to have like 25 points, but then Ridley has four. And I don't know, it just makes me nervous. So for I, I put him down there, but he does have the potential to shoot back up. I think he's going to be close to the bottom for a lot of the year. I think he's in for a long year. I mean, I think Diggs and Ridley obviously are great, but you expect them to put up top numbers if they're going to be drafted as his one and two picks. And like in the first week, they really fell flat. Yeah. Um, and he, there's just going to be so much inconsistency with his team. John o. Smith at tight end, like, is he the top tight end? Is he second to Hunter Henry? I don't yeah. really know. I have a lot of concerns about Kenny Leo's team. I say that and I play him this week, so I may be eating my <laughs> If you're him, what's the big thing you try to do with your team right now? Do you oh, trade one of your God. wide receivers for, for something? Like, do you try to take one of Dane's tight ends with one of your wide receivers? 
do you trade like Robert Woods for, I guess Dane has solid wide receivers though, but do you trade Woods for Kittle maybe, or? That's actually great. I doubt that Dane would do that considering, I don't know where Woods was drafted in our draft, but Kittle, I know Dane, I think Dane took him. No, I think Woods was in the third round and so was Kittle. Oh, wow. Okay. That's actually not Andrew Galblatt, trade master here, guys. You got to listen to this because that's actually, I think, could work out really well for both sides. So I like that idea. Um, At my 11 spot, I have Scott. I actually bumped him down a bunch, but Scott, this is okay. And this is what I'm going to say. This is one of those teams that I, he could easily have been my, my eight. I'm not convinced that these next five teams are all who they are yet. I need like another week or two to really see what happens, but where do you Scott is my eight. Okay. So I had him at eight last week or I had him at seven, sorry. And what the reason I moved him down was I, while I, he had a really strong performance this week, he had 114 points. I'm not a, I, I feel like I'm just not a locket guy. I think that locket's not going to be putting up 29 points for you that often. And same thing with Thielen. I think he looked good, but he's not going to be scoring two touchdowns every game. I might be eating my words, but I just don't see that. And if those two guys aren't performing like that every week, I don't think he has the supporting cast he needs, but I could be wrong. Like I could be really wrong. Anybody does have Debo Samuel. So maybe Debo Samuel blows up again. He could have easily been, I, I hate power rankings right now because he could have easily been <laughs> my, my eight team as well. I just, they're all equal to me and I had to put them somewhere. So Scott, I'm sorry. I have you at 11. I'm sure you appreciate that because I know you don't like to be rated very high because you think that's better for you. But I think you, you're easily in, in that. You could easily have been my eighth or seventh team. Yeah, I mean, I put him at eight. I think he's his team has so much potential to blow up. And I honestly think this week his team is going to blow up because Aaron Rodgers is going to be fucking pissed about last week and they played Detroit. He's got a lot of good matchups this week. I think he's going to blow up. ESPN is projecting him to get 128.8 points, which I haven't checked, but that's got to be the high of the week by yeah. ESPN. Um, but having said that, I, I I still have concerns with, you know, as I've mentioned, Thielen and Brown to Julio and Jefferson and Lockett to Metcalf. It's just it's going to be a lot of inconsistency there, too, but I have yeah. you at eight for now. So I kept you at 10, but I do your team is one of those teams also I think could go up or down. I'm a, I think I'm a little bit more concerned about your running backs than you are, which I think is fair given how Saquon's performed so far. And I didn't really see the Chase Vedman's game, but I don't, so I don't, but it didn't seem that impressive. Your wide receivers obviously looked great and they, and you, and you have amazing matchups this week too. I mean, I'm looking at your opponent ranks right now. You have 26, 26, 26, 30, 30. Like you, I wouldn't be surprised if you see your team scores a lot of points this week, just from a matchup standpoint, but I think you, again, you're a team that I could have easily ranked higher too. I just had to put you somewhere. That's fine. I mean, I definitely think 10 is really low considering I scored the fourth most amount of points last week, even by mentioning Jamar Chase. Uh, I have myself at five. Um, I have myself at four last week, but I put myself a little lower um, just because I lost. But honestly, I'm feeling as strong as ever about my team. And Justin Herbert plays the Cowboys. Uh, uh, big blow up spots for a lot of my guys this week. So looking forward to it. Next at nine, I actually have Nate. I dropped him down from five to nine. I I, I get concerned. Oh, sorry. Who, where do you have him? I have him at seven. 
Go ahead. Yeah, so I get concerned with his team with regards to Tyre being so dependent on Tyree Kill and Amari Cooper. Najee Harris did not look very good, even though he played, I think it's like literally 100% of the snaps. So that's a little concerning, though the Bills do have a good run defense. Jalen Hurts isn't going to be playing the Falcons every week, so I, I want a few more weeks to see what he's really about. So I I just think that, you know, Tyree Kill and Amari Cooper aren't going to score 70 points together every week. So I think his score last week was a little inflated. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, having him at seven, it's not like I think his team is unbelievable. Um, I'm with you on Jalen Hurts, though. I saw, like, his jersey was, like, the most bought jersey after week one. Like, people need to calm down. Like, I don't even know if he's even good yet. It'll be this will be a huge test against the 49ers this week. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and I think his flex of Mike Williams actually could be good, assuming he stays healthy, because that's another guy that gets hurt every single year. Yeah. Um, if he if Mike Williams can stay healthy and his starting cast can stay healthy, Nate, you could have a top five team. But for now, I'm going to leave you at seven. At eight, I have Lee. That's it? You you move Lee up four spots? Yeah, I think that's a big jump, no? Lee stays at numero uno for me. He did nothing at all to, to prove me wrong, putting him number one. You know what it is for me? I'm just, I, I again, this is, Lee was one of those teams where I just need another week to see what, what's really going to happen. You know, is, is Joe Mixon really going to all of a sudden become this RB1 that he hasn't been for the last five years? Is you know, is, is CD lamb really going to be this productive every single week? Can CD lamb and Amari Cooper both be that productive every single week? Are, you know, are they not going to fall back on the run game a little bit more of it? You know, the game script last week was just really in the passing game's favor. So I don't know if CD lamb has whatever, what do you have like 30 points or 20, whatever points ever, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to happen. So I, I, I have him at eight. He's a, a team that's, going to be tough to beat he does have some tough matchups this week but we'll uh, we'll see yeah I still have him at one I mean his team even when his top player Devontae Adams puts up a dud the rest of his team just totally goes off you say Joe Mixon like like he's never put up numbers before like he had I forget if it was two years ago or three years ago had an incredible fantasy year. His team is so much better now than it's ever been in terms of offensive weapons. And it's how does everyone take out Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T Higgins, you know, Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon. It's, it's tough. They have to play with more corners. It helps Joe Mixon. I love Lee's team. He remains my number one. Next I have Quarles. I moved him up to seven from 11. You have Quarles at seven. I put Quarles at four because I couldn't – I have myself at five and I lost to them, so I couldn't in good conscience put myself (laughs) at Quarles. Yeah, I I mean, do you want to talk about their team? I think I've been talking first every time. Uh, Sure. So for Quarles, um, I mean, Stafford had a great game and maybe I underestimated him, but I, I think some of that was just dependent on the defense that they were playing against because who the hell wants to run against Khalil Mack and uh, I forget their defensive tackle who's an absolute monster, but um, Kamara has a great game against Green Bay. I mean, your team looked great. Yeah. Is up from 11 to four. I'm still a little skeptical of 
the depth if injuries happen to your team, but your starting lineup is looking pretty good. Yeah, I, th- I think if Deontay Johnson gets hurt, this team looks a little less intimidating, but they look good. I mean, it's a good team. Seven's a good spot. Seven is like, I think you're, you're week in, week out, you're going to have a good, you're going to have good score. I think similarly, I think like Miles Sanders is not going to be blowing up for that every single week. Um, I think defenses are going to become a little bit more wary now of TJ Hawkinson, um, given that he was such a centerfold piece in the passing offense that I don't know if he has that Kelsey athletic ability that he's going to blow up like that every week, but I think people are going to catch on to that. And, and, and you know, everyone else on his team, I, I just need more time. I just need more time. I think, would I be surprised if I rank him as number three next week? No. Would I be surprised if I rank him as number 10 next week? No. Like, I just need to see like a one or two more weeks. You need a larger sample size. Yeah, you can't. I mean, you, it's impossible to do that. So I actually, so I have myself at six next. I bumped myself down from, from four to six. I'm sure you have me much lower. No, I have you at six. Oh, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, it's obviously knowing what I know now about what happened with Antonio Gibson. That's not great for me. But I like I said earlier on the show, the dude was averaging like six yards a run. Like they're going to, at some point he's going to, they're going to start establishing him more. And I know he's been a little injured. So maybe that's why like JD McKissick was in the game a little bit more than he should have been, but the dude looked good. I think I have, I have good depth. I think I'm going to be able to squeak out a lot of wins. Like I did now. I think I'm going to be a really feisty team, uh, which I think I, 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 I described myself as last year and that didn't really go well, but I think this year <laughs> I have stronger pieces to do that. I think my downfall and why I have myself at six is that because I have so many pieces, there's going to be a lot of weeks where I play the wrong ones and I'm going to lose because of that. I could see many, many a weeks where I start DJ Moore and I should have played Odell or I start Corey Davis and I should have played Sutton or I started, I didn't play Swift and he had a big game. And so I could see that happening a lot. So I have myself at six. Yeah. I mean, I, I, think your QB and running backs are great. It's just, as I've said before, the wide receivers and tight end are what worries me the most. Uh, You know, given Corey Davis did put up a pretty damn good week in week one. And because as we mentioned that injury to Judy, it, it, you know, ups the projections a little bit, but I think in the long run, those wide receivers and tight end are what concerns me the most, but I think you're right in the middle of the pack. You eat out the win week one and uh, we'll see if you get a win next week. Yeah. And actually, so I actually put that five. I put Russell ahead of me. Um, I'm as my number five team. I put Russell all the way down to 10. Interesting. So I think Russell's team, I think last week, he his wide receivers didn't show, right? And that's like and his two wide receivers are supposed to be like the mainstays of his team. And in a week where they both show up, like right now, Terry McLaurin has 26 points for him. I could see him putting up big numbers. And if, if he's only going to have one weak spot and it's going to be that RB2 spot, if he can just find, I have faith in Russell and his way to maneuver the waiver wire that he's going to find someone at some point that's going to fill in that spot admirably. Um, and when he does, I think he's got a solid, he's, I mean, he's, he's freaking Josh Allen, who again, played like a really tough defense. I think he's going to blow up this week against Miami. Justin Jefferson did nothing. Goddard had an okay game. T-, T Higgins had an okay game. Like I think he has the pieces to have a top a top contending team. I think Jefferson scores a little 
like off because the refs took away a touchdown from him for absolutely no reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, They reviewed it. He was clearly in instead Dalvin got the cook. So it's like taking those points from one pocket and putting them into muscle, but it just doesn't look as good for Jefferson. Um, I dude, Cordero Patterson, like a wide receiver converted to running back is your RB two, especially against Tampa Bay. That's just, brutal i can't put him higher than this i also think we all hyped up marquez callaway and then he did absolutely nothing against the packers they had five touchdowns and he had none of them yeah but he only uh, threw he only threw for 158 yards so. <laughs> I know I saw that, but still it's I, I feel like i don't know if it was jair alexander covering callaway and that's why he didn't do anything but i expected more out of that and maybe we'll see more but Russ, if you have Cordero, I can't put you higher than 10. Sorry. So I have Noah at four. I moved him down to nine. I just think when I look at his team, and maybe this is too much of a a gut reaction, I just – his team looks so strong. It could just be the names, but Julio in the flex, Godwin, Hopkins, like he just has so many big play guys. And I think he showed it last week, right, like Hopkins – Godwin and Brady all had huge weeks. Um, he just needed one more guy to blow up. And I think he has guys like Eckler, Robinson, Joan, like who like one of them in any other week could have blown up and possibly given him the win. So I, I, I have met four. I think I, I see a lot of, I see the, I see the potential with this team. So I, there was two corrections that Noah had on my comments about him last week uh, on the podcast one I said he won two championships he's only won the championship once sorry about that Noah second he was like oh who said Tom Brady you know he's not a running quarterback he's not going to put up points no I still wholeheartedly believe that just because he had one good game against the worst defense in football given he plays the Falcons this week so I it's not a good opportunity (laughs) for me to, to do that um but I think as what you said, I mean, it, it's a lot of names. I mean, James Robinson, yeah. Godwin is going to be inconsistent. I am pumped to watch DeAndre Hopkins against Patrick Peterson this week, so that should be a really fun matchup. Um, Patrick Peterson revenge game. Um, but overall, I, I'm a little concerned about Julio um, and James Robinson, and I think that that could be holding his team back a little bit. So that's why I put him down to nine. All right, at number three, I had Mr. Williams. I put Wyatt all the way down to 11. Wow. I think, and I said this earlier, I think that's the worst we see Wyatt's team. Um, It was just the low, it was literally the floor. I would even say it was below the floor for some of his people uh, of what they would have all performed. I think it was an outlier. I want to see what happens this week. He has some pretty strong matchups from at least just from an ESPN standpoint with the opponent rankings. So I'll be interested to see what, what happens this week, but I'm, I haven't given a fake yet. I'm giving him one more week. If he has a, another 80 point performance, I'll, I'll put him down. Yeah. I mean, I pretty much mentioned it all when we were talking about last week's score. I am concerned about Zeke. I'm concerned about CEH. Uh, I will say Patriots D against Matt, uh, against Kyle Wilson is going to be, or Zach Wilson. Sorry is going to be a wonderful matchup. Bill Belichick against rookie QBs, especially Jets rookie QBs is a great matchup, but I'm very concerned about a lot of Wyatt's team, which is why I put him down to 11. 
So at number two, I have Dane. I do too. I mean, I mean, I have at six last week, so I, I, I saw the potential. I think I'm still hesitant about the George Kittle flex play. I think there are probably better players out there he could have gotten to play in the flex with higher upside. But I mean, Kyler Murray, he, 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 has, he's, he could easily be the number one quarterback this season uh, if, you know, if most of it happens to Mahomes. His running backs, Chubb and Taylor, arguably the best combo outside of mine, if you want to say mine are the best. But with the way Gibson performed, possibly not. He might have the best combo. Devonta Smith looked great in that game. Again, he did play the Falcons, so I don't want to give him too much credit yet. Antonio Brown does play the Falcons this week, so <laughs> he'll probably play Devonta Smith again. And then Darren Waller had freaking 19 targets in a game. If that's what his usage is going to be, he just has an incredibly strong starting lineup. I am concerned about the depth. Uh, looking at his team now, he only has Sammy Watkins if something were to happen, so hopefully his wide receivers stay healthy, but he he has an incredibly strong starting lineup. I can't really argue with anything you just said. Kyler, I think, will be the number one ranked person at the end of the year, assuming he doesn't get injured. Um, he just looks so electric. And given the Titans have a terrible defense, but so fun to watch. Um, but yeah, Dane's team really just exceeded all of my expectations. He put up a monster week. And I think Brian's going to be unhappy that I moved him down especially because I put Dane above Brian, even though Brian won. Um, but Brian, if you're going to get upset, look how many points Dane put up. He outscored. I think he had the most points of the week. So I feel yeah. pretty good about it. So I actually put Brian at number one this week. Oh, my preseason darling. I yeah. Like okay. I, I have him at three. I think it's with, it's one of those stacks. It's Mahomes, McCaffrey, Keenan Allen, can easily score 70 to 80 points on their own every single week. Like I would not be surprised when they put up 80 points, the three of them together. And I think he has a few little pieces. I think Kyle Pitts is a piece that we, you know, did not have a huge game last week, but can easily be a top five tight end by the end of the season and have get a 15, 20 point performance. Jalen Waddle didn't look too bad. He's got Trey Sermon on his bench waiting to possibly to, to go out there. We know that the 49ers running backs are going to get hurt all the time. So possibly he he, he explodes a little bit. Juju Smith-Schuster didn't look terrible last week. I, I'm, a, I'm a believer. I would love for him to get somehow one more running back. Um, Ronald Jones is not – not the best, but he, again, he does have Josh Jacobs on, he's out. So he would normally have Josh Jacobs. So I don't, I, I, I am a, I'm a believer. I think he has the pieces to make it far this year. Ryan proved me right for picking him as my preseason darling, but that running back depth, Ryan, if anything's going to hold you back, it's like, you just started a guy. He got negative 1.6 points and you're just putting him right back. You're like, all right, I'm ready to get hurt again. Like after one week. So I think there's one, that's the only thing that's holding you back, but I'm excited to see this could be your year, Brian. You've waited for 10 years. This could be it. All right. So that's power rankings making good time, I think. And lucky for you guys, Sal and I have already made our predictions for this week. So I think we'll just we'll probably just rattle them off really quick to remind everyone who we went with. If that's okay with you, Siler. 
Sure, and I'll I'll let you know what the ESPN projected. Oh, you know what you should do though, if you can, can you bring up like what the historical matchups yep, were? Yep, yep, I got them. Um, all right, so if I go to our group chat, um, and I look at my predictions, so matchup number one, Lee against Noah. I had Lee. I I thought he. I think he. Okay, like I said he has a very strong lineup weeks one through four. Historically, Lee against Noah. Let me pull that up. Here he is. Uh, Noah's up six to five. Last season, did he win? Let's see. Lee actually won both matchups against Noah. Noah in week eight of last season against Lee lost 121 to 47. <laughs> You know, there's a reason that we do call it Lee's division. It is Lee's division. Um, and from a projection standpoint, currently Lee is projected to win by one. Ooh, that's tight. I also have Lee, but he's my number one. How could I go against C.D. Lee? <laughs> Next, we have Wyatt against Nate. Looking at the historical matchup, we see that Oh my God! Noah and Nate have played each other twenty times. Are they ten and ten? <laughs> Nate's twelve and eight, but we'll talk oh, about okay. that later. Um, <laughs> against Wyatt, Nate is up in this series eight to three. Last season in Week Six, Nate won this matchup one hundred three to sixty seven. I picked Nate to win this week, and projection wise. Uh, Nate is projected to win by five. And I picked Wyatt this week, even though I shit on him and put him as the number 11 team. I think he's going to give that halftime, you know, Herb Brooks-esque speech and Wyatt's going to take it. All right. Next up, we have Scott against Brian. Brian is up in this series nine to three. They played two times last season. Brian won the first matchup 131 to 113 and then won the second matchup 150 to 100. I take Brian. He's going to go on that three-game winning streak. Two-game. Oh, you mean against Scott. Um, I am going with Scott. He's actually currently on a five-game winning streak going back to the 2017 season. But Wow. Um, I'm going with Scott, though. Scott has the best matchups, like, ever. So uh, he's in a blow-up spot. I'm going to go with Scott this week. All right. Next we have – and you have the ESPN, right? So uh, Brian – Scott's projected to win by, by nine. Next we have Quarles against Russell. Russell's projected to win – well, now after the Terry McLaurin performance, unfortunately, he's projected to win by uh, seven. So we're not, not really sure what the projection was before that. Um, I have Corals to win historically. Corals against Russell. Let's pull it up. La, 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 la. Uh, Corals is actually up seven to five on a one game win streak. Week four last week, he, they won 138 to 109. I am picking Corals. I learned my lesson from last week, uh, and Russell starting Cordaro Patterson. I feel like this is like Russell's thorn in his side. If he's three-time champion, but he has a losing record against Corals' team. I mean, last season, he literally had a losing record going into the playoffs. So. <laughs> That's true. 
Uh, next up, we have Coniglio against your commissioner. Current projections are Siler to win 116 to 114. Historically, Siler, you are on a two-game winning streak. You won la- both your matchups last season, 153 to 97 and 160 to 122. I picked you to win. I also picked myself to win. We both have Coniglio as the worst team in the whole league. Uh, I will probably regret saying that next week. Uh, Lastly, oh boy, this is a lot of pressure. You have myself against Dane. I knew this was coming. I forgot about this. Myself against Dane. Dane's currently projected to win by nine, even though we both had two people going. Historically, I am 10-0 against Dane. Oh boy. I have never lost. I'm on a 10-game winning streak. Beating him both times last season, 130 to 111, and then squeaking out the win to not have to eat the cake, 86 to 77. Oh my God. I think Dane has a fantastic team, but for some reason, he just has an issue playing with me. I might be shy. I feel like I would probably, this happened last season too when I said this about being undefeated, but 10 wins in a row is kind of saying something. I kind of have his name at this point. I hope he wins for the sake of us, you know playing again in a few weeks. I don't have to say 11 and 0, uh, but I just, uh, I always pick myself. So I, I pick myself, but I do believe that Dane has the advantage in this matchup. If I was I also, betting, if you, if I had to bet a thousand dollars, I probably bet on Dane. If I'm betting $5, I bet for myself. I also picked you. How can I go against 10 and 0? And I think Lamar is going to go off on Sunday night to give you the victory. 10 is crazy. 10 and 0 is kind of crazy. I mean, that's and 10. fantasy, that's very statistically improbable. He literally has not, since he has not beaten me since joining the league in 2013. <laughs> <laughs> since, since 2013, he has not beaten me. He hasn't won the league and he hasn't beaten you. He, yeah. So he has a lot of demons to get over, but you are the first demon that he has to conquer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's our show, folks. I mean, I, I think this was a good... I think, while am I upset with Siler for not being able to record on Thursday or Wednesday? Was it Thursday? It was Thursday. Wednesday. I, it was Wednesday, you're right. I am. Do I understand? Yes. Will it happen again? He's making, a you know, one time's a fluke, two times is a, is a trend. So hopefully next week we have a show for you guys on Wednesday. Do you see any reason why we wouldn't, Siler? There is a possibility. My friend's in town from Buffalo, so I don't know if I'm getting dinner with him on Tuesday or Wednesday. Well, you have a podcast. You have a commitment on Wednesday, so maybe Tuesday. We will see how it goes. But I, I do want all the podcast listeners to also know that I tried setting up the podcast with Galvet on Thursday morning at like 8 a.m. Yeah. Or 7 a.m. my time. Yeah. Too way too it, early. Okay, but the commitment was there from me. I'm committed, everyone. The commitment was there from you. The commitment was what? I'm not going to do it this week, so I'm committing myself to another time after the time I already committed to. Your commitments don't mean anything. You've committed three times already. I wanted to get in the podcast before Thursday Night Football. I did all that I could. It did not work out. And I'm I'm saying, All I'm saying is that if you're not able to do it on Wednesday – we might need to find uh, an, a substitute co-host for that week because people are getting angry. I mean, I've never seen 
Wells is like the nicest person I know. I've never seen him that angry in my life. Podcast question mark. I mean, can you, I could hear it in the text. I don't know. Podcast question mark. Have you ever seen him watch a Rangers game? (laughs) No. I feel like he's got to be more angry at Rangers games than anything else. I, I don't know. I've never seen him that mad before. So I'm, I'm sorry. I want to just, on behalf of Siler, I'll apologize again. Uh, we'll, we'll, we're trying our best by signing off your host, Andrew Gelblatt, your commissioner, Andrew Siler. Any, any last words for the, for the folks at home? Everyone that went 0-1, this is our time. Let's not go 0-2. I hate that. I've never heard more encouraging words from someone in my entire life. I appreciate the kind, the kind sentiment, Siler. Good luck, everyone. Enjoy the games, and we'll talk to you next week. Oh, thank you.